Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Welcome back for another episode of the Creative Empire Podcast. Today, Raina and I are joined by Ashley Perkins of Prestige Revolution and the Smart Social Smarter Society. She's been a pro in this industry for a while. She's got almost 10 years of experience helping business owners and you girl bosses out there create more income, influence, and impact with strategic online marketing. But I will deviate from her very beautiful polished bio here and tell you that I found Ashley through the power of social media. So for those of you who think that Instagram, Facebook, etc., are dead, they are very much not. There are so many opportunities to connect with people and this is just a great example of one of them. Ashley is amazing at Instagram, especially Instagram stories and we're just so thrilled to have her on here. I'm so glad that we were able to connect through Instagram and that it led to this podcast episode. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much. That was quite the intro. I, I mean, <laughs> and it's so true. It's so true. The power of social media, a lot of people are very quick to discredit it because it can be so overwhelming at times, but the connections I've made through social media are so invaluable and I wouldn't trade that for anything. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a backstory, like a 30 second flyby of how you got to where you are right now, what you're doing. So I basically, I was a university graduate. I went to school, got two majors, like thought I had all my bases covered, graduated and found out, hey, there's no jobs and everyone in my program is unemployed. So I basically made the big leap of faith that many of us have and decided to go out on my own. It started very, very small, um, working with a lot of very local businesses to me just because that was my immediate sphere of influence. So I just dove headfirst into that and really dove into a lot of self-development and self-education because um, I don't know about you guys, but we didn't get, we don't get a lot of hands-on real life practical experience in our schooling system here. Um, unless you're like a college student who's like always doing internships at universities, it's just not like that. So I had to get all of that experience myself and being present on social right out of the gate was a huge asset to me and just being visible and getting my name out there and still showing up to in-person events. That was huge for me. And eventually it just kind of snowballed. A lot of my business grew originally out of word of mouth referrals. And then as I got even more knowledgeable and skilled with online marketing and evolved, you know, the product and service offering that I had, I really tapped into several social networks and my audiences. I found ways to meet them there. And it's just blown up into this thing like almost 10 years later that I have amazing clients. Some of them still are my day one clients, which I love. And I've been able to help so many, like hundreds and hundreds of other business owners and entrepreneurs in the process. And it's just been so fulfilling and so much fun. And 
I know that leap can generally be scary and terrifying for a lot of people, but the rewards have far outweighed any risk that I've taken for sure. Yeah. So good. And like, I think what you're saying too is so resonant for so resonant for so many people because the college education or the training that we have doesn't directly apply to entrepreneurship sometimes. And we need the on the, you know, boots on the ground training, the, the listening to podcast university education, so to speak, to kind of get us more prepared for this journey because it happens fast and there's a lot to learn. So what, what were like some of your favorite ways that you kind of got up and running um, as you were starting? Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, podcasts were huge, 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 huge for me, um, as well as just using the social platforms I was already on to connect with people that were where I wanted to be. That was a huge thing for me is not necessarily looking around at people that were on my level and trying to start out. I found probably just a small handful because I was being really careful, well, careful about not wanting to get into this sort of information overload from, you know, 20 different influencers or whatever you want to call them. They were successful in their field by their own right, which I respect, but, you know, I was really strategic and kept it small. So connected with them. I definitely invested in courses. Some I finished, some I didn't. (laughs) I still haven't seen the end of a few courses that I enrolled in. Full disclosure, me too. (laughs) I know. It's crazy, but I mean, it's huge. That's a huge resource for anybody in the online space because you're educating yourself at your own pace, which is really great. And if you find good programs, um, especially ones that have accountability where you have access to the creator of that content, that's even better. And those were definitely invaluable for me too. And also um, audiobooks. I'm still addicted and will forever be addicted. I binge them. Like I can't remember the last time I listened to the radio, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I binge audiobooks 24-7, sometimes even leave them on when I'm sleeping, hoping that like subliminally something's going to happen here and I just retain all of this insane knowledge. But that was huge, a huge help to me when I was starting out is just being a sponge. What were some of the pivotal like things that you started to take away and shift where you started to gain traction in your business? Like, was there ever a turning point where you were like, I'm doing all the things and everybody's telling me to do more and I don't know. And then you just like hooked onto one or two things and you saw a difference. I, yeah, definitely. So I remember hitting a point probably about four years into my business where I started to like, I really had to focus on what was serving me best at that point, because I feel like when you're a new business owner, at least this was my experience. Um, you dive headfirst into all of those resources. You want to soak up as much information you can from anyone and everywhere that you can. And I got to a point where it was almost like analysis paralysis. And I spent so much time absorbing so much information from so many different people. And I really got to this point where I realized, you know what, I'm at a point now where I've got to kind of put the blinders on and put more trust in myself and realize that I've been doing this for a little while now. I have developed a skill set, a knowledge base of my own. I I've never really called or considered myself an expert because I think there's always something else that you can learn. There's always something you can be doing better. Um, But I knew that I knew enough to kind of like 
face that fear of just focusing on what I needed to do and knowing that failure was now going to be like an even bigger option to me because you really just have to kind of like dive in and see what works for you because what worked for that person that like made six figures on that launch or whatever, that exact launch map or that launch process isn't going to work for you. It may if you're lucky, but you still may not have the same results. So I realized when I hit that point in my business that I had learned so much from so many different people that it was kind of getting lost in translation. So I just put the blinders on and really focused on what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to grow my social network, like grow my audience across every social network that I was active on. So network growth and expansion was a huge thing that I wanted to focus on. So I thought, okay, how can I do this? I got really present in Facebook groups. I got present in Instagram communities. That was back in the day, you know, when pods were a big thing. That's not something really I'm into anymore, but it was a great way to meet people and also ensure that, you know, I was gaining that traction and that growth in my network that I wanted. And I, like I said, you just have to kind of put that fear of like screwing it all up to the side because at some point you're going to going to have to start doing things your own way and figuring out how those things work for you. So that was a huge turning point for me where I was like, time to take the training wheels off and sort of like do this thing on your own and figure it out on your own. All right. I have to ask you because I know they're thinking this. What are some of the things that they can do today? You're the expert at this to grow their social media following. I mean, personally, I've been sitting at 6,000 followers on Instagram for like seven months. Um, Caveat of those like seven months, three, I just like completely ignored the platform and, you know, didn't even log on. But so maybe starting there, like log on, that's helpful. But also what are some other things that are working with Instagram now with the new algorithm? And you're so good at Insta stories. Like what, what do you see that's beneficial that, that we don't have to waste our time with that, that actually is moving the needle? Yeah. So what I will say first and foremost, and it kind of goes back to that thing I was saying about putting on the blinders, you definitely want to nip your shiny object syndrome in the butt. So if you're active on 10 social networks right now, I'm telling you, you're not active on them. I can, I can guarantee you're not active on them because no human in their right mind has like the time or creative energy to make that happen unless you're paying somebody to manage every single platform. And even that I don't recommend because it's not you and no one can represent you the way that you can. So get, get focused. Like you need to take a step back and really look at what networks are currently bringing you the results that you want or have the potential. You see the potential there for it to bring you the results that you want. Where are you getting the best return on your investment at this time? And that's the network or networks. I really always recommend picking like two to three. Um, cause chances are you're going to hit your audience. Like you've got the demographic covered cause they're going to be on those networks. So start small, get really focused if we're going to use Instagram as an example because everyone is freaking out about the algorithm right now And one of the easiest ways to never have to worry about an algorithm update ever again is just remain consistent like 
you have to always be analyzing what's working and what's not. The amount of conversations I've had with people that have no idea what the back end of their social account, especially Instagram looks like, is shocking to me because I'm just like, you're using this for business. This is a, t- a business tool. So you need to treat it like it's a part of your business and be in the back end of it every day. See what posts, what type of content is performing the best for you and continue to produce more of that. Ditch what doesn't because you're just wasting creative time and energy creating stuff that's not serving you. Okay. So wait, I'm just going to pause for just a second. So when you say go into the back end of your socials, what do you specifically mean and what should people be looking for? Okay. Yeah. So I actually just recorded, it's not live yet. I just recorded a video for my YouTube channel that explains looking at your insights and what ones to look at. Um, So I'll share that with you when I do release it. But you want to be looking like if you are on Instagram for business, you should have a business profile. I'll come out and say that because unless you're using some other kind of third-party app like Preview, Planoly, I mean, there's a million out there right now. um, You need to use the tools that Instagram's giving you to understand what's going on on the back end. So if you do have a business account and you go to your profile, there's that little bar graph in the top right corner. And that's where your insights are. That's where all of the data about your profile is stored. And you really want to be looking at things like A, when your audience is most active online, that's got to be one of the most important ones because if you're posting at 9 a.m. and your audience is most active at 9 p.m., you're missing the mark. You're missing the mark and that's a piece of content that you poured your heart and soul into creating and published and it's not meeting the right eyeballs that it needs to meet. So the time that your audience is most active online is a huge one. When you have a business profile on Instagram, you'll also be able to see the number of profile visits that your account has had, as well as your call to action link click. Uh, link clicks. So you want to be looking at the conversion ratio there. Like if 500 people have visited your profile, but only two of them clicked on your website link, chances are you're either A, not putting enough effort into driving people there, or B, that asset, whatever that link is, they don't see the value in it. So you need to either be changing that out, again, understanding what your audience needs, or putting in more work to drive them to it right? Those are, oh, this cute. is cool. Yeah. I always forget about that little graph that's in the corner. Of, <laughs> yeah. Like a little, I don't know what you would call it, bar graph in the corner of the, uh, of your business page. That's okay. But what you're saying about timing is so interesting to me because I was like actually pretty excited about the algorithm because I was like, Oh, this means I can post it, you know, like midnight and someone's going to see it because, um, you know, they're, it's not chronologically based anymore. And like the night yep. I was like me that are up. So is that not true? Like, do you still need to be posting at like 8 p.m. when everybody tells you to post or does it not matter what time you post anymore? You know what? It's interesting that you say that because I've even tried posting on like those off times where like people in my target demographic, mainly I work with people that are in Canada and the US. I have worked with international clients before, but they're not like my target focus. So I'm thinking on like 
the PST to EST like time zone, that's it. So like the East or the West coast is three hours behind me. So I know if it's like 9 PM at 6 PM there, I've tried posting at those off times and sometimes get like a crazy spike in engagement and have gotten conversions from it. And then other times it's totally flopped. So I think it's just a date and time thing. And again, like Instagram's data, people are always blaming it for like, is it accurate? And I mean, you can never really know. That's why I generally do recommend pulling or signing up for another third party. Like I use preview as well as my Instagram insights and preview is allowing me to not only like edit and schedule my posts, but it's also got extra data, even down to like what hashtags are performing the best for me. So having those available to you is good, but I mean, it's all about testing and measuring and replicating and then ditching what doesn't work because it's just a total waste of your time for sure. Yeah. I'd be curious. I mean, you are a video person and people know you for video. Um, I wanted to ask you two questions. One, how do you get comfortable with being on Instagram stories or, you know, you don't even have to have a YouTube channel to be more visible on video, but how do you get that like emotional hump? (laughs) And then the second question is what are your best tips for Instagram stories? That's a really good question. So I get this a lot because it used to be that for video marketing and really leveraging video for your business, the barrier to entry was the tools. It was the equipment. Like you needed the fancy camera because our phones just weren't on that level yet. Social apps weren't at that level yet where they were giving you all of these cool features that make it so easy for you to be present, to be visible and connect with your audience. Now there is zero barrier to entry. It's virtually impossible to not be creating video content nowadays. If you you have your standard, like I'm not even talking about the newest iPhone or the newest Android, like they all have amazing cameras and they're well equipped to handle this. So now that that's out of the way, people are now using the excuse of like, well, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be forward facing. I don't like the way I look. I hate the way I sound. Like I've heard all of the excuses. And let me just tell you, like nobody likes the way they sound on video playback. Nobody, even me, I've been using video for years and I still cringe a little when I'm editing videos or audio and I hear my voice, but here's the thing. And I tell this to everybody, you have to put the value of your message and what you have to share with your audience over your own vanity. That's it. Because if you're not using video at this point, from this point on, it's going to be really, really hard to grow your business. It's going to be really hard to grow your business if you are not the star of whatever social platform you're using. Facebook's got stories now. They also have Facebook Live. And you can upload pre-recorded, edited MP4 videos. Like Same with Instagram. The, The possibilities are virtually endless. So how do you put the value of your message over the vanity? You A, have to have a really good understanding, again, of your audience. This goes back to knowing your audience, knowing what they need from you because your audience has a problem and you have a solution. That's a fact. You just have to figure out what it is, what their problem is, and align your solution with it. And then share your message with them. You have to do it. You have to just put any nerves aside that you're feeling and channel that into understanding the importance of the message that you have to share, knowing that even if your, let's say, three Insta story 
clip, you know, they're like 15 seconds. So let's say you record like three. If that were to help one person, you've done your job. You've done your job because that's your job as a business owner is to provide a product or a service or a solution to somebody. And when you're making use of all of the tools available to you on a social platform, they're going to reward you by showing your content to more people. If you're taking three months off and not logging in and then logging in and showing up on your feed or a story every now and then, it's still not going to work. It's still not going to work. You've just got to do it. You got to bite the bullet and do it. Yeah. I, I mean, but that's one of the things is that one, I, I know, well, here, here's why I'm failing. And this is going to resonate with a lot of our audience. One, I'm overwhelmed. I know that you need to be posting like at least 15 stories a day, allegedly. And, um, you know, one to two, like normal feed posts and Instagram. And so I'm just overwhelmed. I'm like, I have all this other stuff going on. I don't have time for that to like even begin to crack the barrier or like break the ice. And then the second thing that's happening to me is I, I struggle with my message. I'm like, I just feel like a broken record, which a lot of people tell me is how I should feel, (laughs) but I just feel like a broken record. Like, yay, happy thing. Um, you know, contracts, copycats, contracts, and it just gets so old to me, but I have to realize that, it's not old to my audience who, as, um, as Jenna Kutcher has mentioned, 6% of your Instagram feed is, or 6% of your following is even seeing your posts at all. If you're not mm-hmm. you know, paying for advertising, but you know, then I, I look at the stats that you just told me about, which I totally forgot about. And I pulled up that bar graph and it says that I had 31 clicks to my website in the last week. So it doesn't feel like a lot compared to the number of followers that I have, but I have to remember, and you guys have to remember, it's, I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking about you guys. We have to remember, if you were in a room with 31 people giving a speech and they were all like going to your website and looking at your stuff, that's a lot of people to be reaching. So even if there's only like five people that are clicking through or one person a week that's clicking through to your thing, that's still more people than you would be reaching otherwise. So this is, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm going to get off my soapbox in a sec, but like, this is so important because I feel like I've gone through this evolution in the last year that many of you have gone through and I've kind of come full circle and started to learn how to use Instagram again as like a social fun platform instead of just like a tool and a task and a chore. And it's, it's been in part to things like watching your stories, Ashley, and, and just kind of using some of the things that you're talking about. I'm definitely going to have to sign up for a preview. That sounds really interesting. But just like learning how to make it fun again so that I actually want to use the platform was really huge. And hearing how much people wanted to see me on there because it helped build their trust in what I was delivering or offering was also huge. And so I personally lately have just been putting up stories that aren't pretty, aren't glamorous. Um, I don't think they resonate with everybody. Not everybody goes skiing. A lot of people are scared to do that, but I'm showing you like those kinds of aspects of my life. And it's, I, I, I have yet to see, you know, is it working or not? But I do know that like 300 people are watching a story like that. So that's a lot of people to me. So anyway, I, I think a lot of the strategies that you're talking about are, are effective. And if you're overwhelmed like me, I really hope that you can employ some of the stuff that Ashley's talking about that makes it fun again. You know, at, at like a bare minimum, you mentioned choosing a few social media platforms. Which ones 
should you choose to be on if you're just getting started? And then like, should you switch as you get more advanced, Ashley? That is a really great question. Um, I generally always recommend if somebody's like very green starting new or perhaps, you know, they're that person that has like six active and they're trying to narrow it down. Facebook is a given. And I mean, you can roll your eyes at any algorithm updates that are happening over there. That same thing's going on with Instagram too. Facebook owns Instagram. So much of what you see happening at Facebook is going to trickle down the line to Instagram if it hasn't already. But Facebook, you have everyone from like your grandma to like your 12-year-old cousin on Facebook. So if you figure out a way to use it strategically and you're showing up consistently and yeah, you may dabble in pay to play, you may dabble in running ads. It's a really great place to start because again, they offer a lot of tools like Instagram does um, with the stories, with live video and allowing you to post content in your feed. But I really like what you were saying about making a platform fun again, because it can feel so overwhelming, especially to somebody, like I said, who is either just starting out or trying to narrow their focus. And you have to really keep in mind, and this takes a lot of pressure off of you as a creator of content on any given social platform. People aren't on social media to be sold to. Like You don't have to feel pressure to be a walking billboard they're on social media to be social. You know, you don't open up your Facebook app hoping that you're going to be inundated with ads and, you know, billboard promotions of like, buy my product or I'll make you six figures overnight. Like I can guarantee I'm not the only one rolling my eyes when I see those when that happens. So keep that in mind. And that does take the pressure off of yourself that social media is meant to be social. It's meant to be fun. I love what you were saying about your Instagram stories, Christina. And I love your Instagram stories. I love the hilarity of like the effort that you put into the humor in your Instagram. I agree. I totally agree. (laughs) And like, that's what I'm looking for more of on any social network and what I even try and emulate. Of course, there's times where I'm like showing behind the scenes of my business and what I'm working on. And I'm a little more serious, but I've also gone on Instagram stories with pimple cream on and just like had a conversation with my audience because they appreciate that. They really appreciate that. The amount of responses or DMs or PMs, whatever you want to call them, that I get off of those more lighthearted, like let's just sit down and get to know each other stories or videos versus, you know, my very produced, like well-edited picture perfect content. It's insane. You can't even really hold the candle to it because people want to feel like you're a normal human just like they are right? And I even had people like get caught off guard. I've really stopped responding via DM and text. I now use the video feature in DMs with Instagram. And people love that even. Like if you can take the time and it's actually quicker than sitting there writing a message back to them and just again, like you just got to get over that fear, know that there's people, you're a real human being sitting on the other side of the camera in a messy bun with pimple cream on saying like, Hey girl, thanks so much for watching. I'm really, I'm really glad you love that. Or just giving them an open, honest human response. That's what people connect with. So take the pressure off of yourself to be so picture perfect all the time because Instagram, like so many people on Instagram are getting away from that. It was like two years ago. If you weren't this like beautifully, like white 
glistening, shiny, perfect, squeaky clean person on Instagram. It was like, you weren't going to grow an account and brands weren't going to notice you or whatever your goal was. And now it's like people enjoy seeing the real life on social media, not just on Instagram, on every social network. People enjoy the real life element of it all. Have you heard about Member Vault? It's a new course delivery platform for online educators that focuses on one thing, engagement. But what the heck is engagement, you might be asking me, and why does it even matter? Well, have you ever purchased an online course and, um, yeah, maybe forgot to finish it? Uh, my hand is raised. <laughs> this has happened to me definitely more than a few times, and guess what? I never purchased from these course creators again, like anything. And the courses that I have finished, well, let's just say I'm more than a lifelong fan. I've joined their masterminds. I've bought their coaching programs. I generally try to support them as much as I can all along the way. So if you are looking to fall into the latter camp and you want to create raving fans for your platform, make sure that you go to creativeempire.co forward slash member vault. That's creativeempire.co forward slash M-E-M-B-E-R-V-A-U-L-T to get your free 30-day trial of this software. Not only will you get 30 days free, which should be more than enough time to get up maybe even a mini course for you, you'll also receive free access to the course that's going to show you how to do this. This course is called the DIY Roadmap, and the folks over at Member Vault have set this up just for you. It's normally a $97 course that they're giving away for our listeners for free. And all you have to do to get it is go over to creativeempire.co forward slash member vault. This course is going to help you build your own online teaching platform that boosts your income and sells itself without you even having to go through a launch. So again, normally that's a $97 course that they sell on its own, but they're giving it away to you guys for free along with a 30-day trial. Creativeempire.co forward slash member vault is going to get you all those goodies. Go get them today. Hey, thank you, Elise Luddy, who said, Raina and Christina have done an amazing job of curating amazing guest speakers. It doesn't matter who they are talking to or if they are having a conversation with each other. I always learn something. I really need to start listening at home so I can take notes. Keep up the amazing work, Raina and Christina. Thank you so much, Elise. And thank you to all of you who leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. We don't ask much from you. We just ask that if you enjoy the show, you go over there and you leave us a rating, maybe even a review. It means so much to us and it really, really can help us improve and keep bringing you this great content um, and even better guests that you guys request. It makes it easier on us. So help us help you. Go leave that rating and review on iTunes. Yeah. And just as like a consumer too, I tip, I, what I've found is that I have been noticing whenever I see a stock photo, I kind of like tune it out because it becomes white noise. Everyone's using the same, you know, stock photo sites. And that's great. I think that like having a professional image is really important, but I think beyond that, you have to balance it with more personal content or something that feels more high touch than just, I have this piece of business advice or, you know, this, you know, something like that, that feels a little bit more robotic and to be able to infuse humor or infuse more of your personality, whatever that is, if it's not Christina humor, that's totally cool. I feel jealous all the time of Christina being so funny. I'm like, I'm just awkward 
forward and I'm just going to share some of that. And I think that the more personal posts or like kind of off the cuff things are the things that I get more engagement in because that's what people are wanting, right? People want to connect with you as a human being. So I to- I like, I'm curious about your perspective on so, uh, sort of the more curated images and stuff like that versus, and I'm not saying that they're bad at all. I, I use stock photos, but I think that when I think of myself as a consumer, I feel like I kind of skim over those more um, and don't read the post as much as something that might feel a little bit more kind of in, in real time. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I do the exact same thing. I behave the same way when I'm on any social feed, Facebook, Instagram, you know, like how many gold paper clips and staplers have I seen where I'm just like, I've seen this. It's the same. And I get, especially for us service-based business owners, it's really hard to reflect that at times from a visual perspective because, you know, we spend all of our time on our laptop in an office setting. So yeah, of course we're showing like those office-y elements and those office-y picture-perfect photos. But again, like I'm looking around at my desk right now and it's like, it wouldn't be deemed Instagram worthy. And that's real life. That's what I want to see. And that's what so many people, like you said, are leaning more towards. Like I even think of recently, just this past week, I had posted a picture that was like, I shot it. It wasn't a stock, but it was still stocky looking where, you know, I had like my planner out and there's a pens or something like that. And there was still a great story attached to it, but it got nowhere near as great of engagement as a, like not that well polished. I was in like a, just like a, you know, me and my sweater, my ponytail. Like I just found some good lighting in front of a window and snapped a selfie and told a story from my childhood and how it related to me now in my business. And it blew up. And I mean, obviously a, that's because it's my face. It's my feed. It's my face. It's forward facing. People connect with other people more than they connect with stock photos. That's kind of what we've been proving here. But it wasn't polished. Like it wasn't shot by a professional photographer. I wasn't like sipping a latte in a cafe, like a glamorous life that I don't live at all. And it it performed. And I totally agree with you. What you're saying it's so true. And I think we're just kind of like burnt out from all of that picture, perfect curated stuff on social media. It just, it feels like noise. Like you said, it just feels like white noise when you're scrolling the feeds. And I, I'm guilty every day. I scroll right by them and I connect with people instead. It's a message that, again, feels like a broken record, but it's there for a reason. I'm very introverted, but I'm not shy. I'm very clear about that. If somebody is introverted and shy, or if they are just like, because I actually, well, I struggle with this the next thing. I'm like, my life is so boring. Who wants to see anything? What do I even post about? Like, do you have any kind of guide or resource that people could use as like a cheat sheet? You know, like if they are just feeling really unoriginal and uninspired and have no idea what to post to a story or do a video about, do you have anything like that? I actually have a cheat sheet and it sounds it sounds like irrelevant. It's called my live stream brainstorming cheat sheet, but it's basically 17 questions that I put together that make you pause and think, okay, how can I turn this into content or is there content I can repurpose? And it basically takes the guesswork out of creating content, not just for live streaming. Like I use it daily in every aspect of my business because whether you've been doing this thing for like almost a decade or you're brand new to the game, we all have moments where we sit down and we're like, shoot, what do I do today? And that 
in and of itself is enough to be overwhelming enough where you're like, well, I'm just not going to do it then. So I do. It's the live stream brainstorming cheat sheet. There's 17 questions on there that, like I said, they make it virtually impossible for you to not come up with ideas because they're really kind of probing questions where it makes you think of, okay, do I have content that I can turn into a post or you know, what's happened previously that I can spin into a story to share with people. And whether you're extroverted, introverted, either way, it works in a way that whether you're doing a story, like a video, or you just want to share something to your feed, it makes it that much easier. And that's, I really created it for myself. Those are, that's how some of my best resources have come about where I've created it for myself. And then I just end up sharing it out. And so many people have found it helpful, especially people that find like, their biggest barrier is like, I don't know what I'm going to say kind of thing. So I'm happy to share that with all of you, all of you. Yes. Let's put that in the show notes for sure. I actually, I was just going to echo what you said about like creating resources for yourself. And those are the ones that kind of blow up. One of the ones that we just created, um, as a result of my, my, um, editor for the book who was like, Rena, is this a resource that was in my chapter? And I was like, no, I just use it for myself. We created it and we've gotten so many downloads from it. And the reason why I'm mentioning it is it's called the CEO report. I do it for myself on Fridays to like kind of gather data for myself about how I did this week and, you know, kind of give myself a report card. And one of those things that I think I'm going to add is, um, I already have like social media growth, um, on there and just kind of reporting on that. But something that might be more important or interesting is like, what felt the most engaged this week? Like what, you know, video or what story or, you know, whatever. And how can I lean into that? Because once you have more data over the course of three months and say, Oh, you know what? I, when I shared this kind of content, it was more engaged than sharing this other kind of content or this format or something like that. So I am super inspired to add that today. You can hold me accountable um, so that I can start seeing the patterns and the trends in that because I want to create more content that feels, you know, fun and authentic and not just, you know, it's scheduled, which is fine. Like I think the scheduled stuff and like the planned and curated is great. Um, But I think I just want to be mindful and cognizant of giving myself data that and also going back and checking on that and saying like, this is actually what worked. I love that idea. And it, it'll give you a great overview, something that's easy to scan again, like kind of removing that overwhelm of like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know like what's happening on this platform. I don't know like what's performing. Whereas you can have this now like catalog, however you organize it of, Oh, like this is consistently performing well. So I can just keep doing more and more of that. I love that idea. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's something that we just totally randomly mentioned and then it happened to get created and got a lot of traction. So I think that's, you know, just creating data for yourself is really important. Christina loves data. So, you know, anytime you can look at numbers that don't freak you out, I think it's a good thing. (laughs) So so important. It's so important. It is. And I'm, I'm not good at numbers, but that, that was the, the piece of traction that really shifted for us is like, oh, why don't we just look at what actually works and then do more of that? And I know that sounds so basic and obvious, but sometimes it's scary though. Sometimes it's really scary, like logging into the back end of something, especially when you're starting out and maybe figuring out how it all works and how to navigate it. And what do I record? Like what stats do I even really need to pull from this? And then eventually once you understand that, it kind of gets scary to the point of like, Oh my gosh, but what if this didn't perform? Or like you're, you're always kind of like, it's always a little intimidating. I find at least looking at numbers, but it's something that you 
totally have to do. You totally have to do. You're going to just kind of remain stuck if you are ignoring everything that's going on behind the scenes. Because So to go back to that, I think that even if we're a little bit afraid of data, at the very beginning of my business, I remember thinking like, oh, this, you know, this project feels good or, you know, this feels like fun or this, you know, this might be a good idea. And I wasn't getting a lot of traction or something wasn't happening. You know, it wasn't moving along and gaining momentum like I was hoping. And I think that it's great to kind of trust your intuition and do things that are fun. But at the same time, we need to be cognizant of like who is paying attention to this and who is it really serving? And is it the intersection between who we're serving and what we want to be doing? So looking at that data is just, I guess, instead of thinking about it as like data and numbers, it's like looking for proof and evidence that it's working. And it it can be a lot of fun to look for that. It can be in the form of engagement. It can be in the form of people replying to emails or, you know, whatever. And so I, I really encourage people to like not worry about the numbers stuff so much, but just look for the evidence and not, not just go into, oh, this is fun or this is something that I want to do. I totally agree. And you know what? If you're looking at the evidence and the evidence is positive consistently, the numbers will be there. The numbers will come. They come with time. And you're right. A lot of people often, um, like, they get very focused on the numbers right out of the gate. Like, they put a lot of time and energy into worrying about the numbers that they want to be at. And if you just put a little bit of that energy into the proof, into the social proof, into the evidence in the numbers on your back end, that's what's going to lead you to the numbers that you're looking for because you'll be a lot more efficient with your time, which is, I mean, a huge component to being a successful business owner is like time is money, money is time. And you've got to be really protective of that. So spend your time wisely and you do that by understanding what's going on behind the scenes. And like we've been saying, replicating what's really working for you. So Ashley, as you are looking ahead, what do you see in your future of your creative empire? Like what are the things that you hope to accomplish I am currently working on building out my team, which is very exciting and something I've been wanting to do for quite some time. So I'm now in a bit of a growth spurt where I am trying to still be the one-man show, putting all of the processes and procedures behind the scenes. And this is something that I would like to encourage everyone to do very early on because if I could have done it earlier, like I would have, I should have. Um, Because now I'm in this growth spurt where I mentally have a lot of processes and procedures for things that I haven't actually created systemized versions of every single one of them. And now that I'm at that point where I need somebody to take over certain aspects of my business, I really am working on getting that done. So a huge piece of advice for you guys is to do that all very, very early on, as early on as you possibly can, because it'll save you the the growing pains that I'm having right now. (laughs) Um, But in the future, I'm building my creative empire. That's exactly what I'm doing. I want to build out this team and I want to do that so I can have more income um, more influence, more impact. I want to help more and more people, as many people as I can. That's really the reason that I got into business was I felt that, you know, my purpose here, I was brought into this world to help and lead as many people as possible. And that's really what my goal for this business has been since day one. And it's crazy to have seen it come from such a small scale.
scale and with patience and persistence and consistency, it's gotten to this point. And I'm hoping like, you know, 10 years from now, I can be like in my like beach view office overlooking some crazy view with my insane team of absolute rock stars. And we can just be serving people globally and having a blast while we do it. (laughs) I love it. Uh, So can you tell us all where to go find you? Where is a great place to connect with you? How do we do that? Yeah. So all across Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I am Ashley Perkins Co. It's super easy to find me. You can also go to my website at www.ashleyperkins.co. There's free resources there for you guys that need maybe a social media strategy template or a content calendar to organize all of your big ideas in. And you can also easily contact me through any of those outlets in any way. And I would love if you did. I love meeting new people and connecting with you and chatting with you. And I'd be happy to support any of you in any capacity. Thanks, Ashley. For those of you listening out there, go connect with each other with Ashley and build your creative empire. Are you ready to build your own empire? For more information, show notes, downloads, and tips on how to do it, head to www.creativeempire.co, where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all, encouraging you to build your own creative empire. If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 